Hello, and welcome back to the Glossy Weekend Review Podcast. I'm your substitute host, Editor-in-Chief Jill Manoff, filling in for Danny Parisi, who is under the weather. Sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> and I'm here with our international fashion reporter, Zofia Zviglinska. Zofia, welcome. How are you? Yeah, great. Thank you. Great to be on in the new year. Yeah, it's been a while since we've teamed up like this, but we'll have fun. Today, we're going to discuss the preliminary official New York Fashion Week schedule, which the CFDA dropped on Wednesday. We're also going to talk about Rent the Runway's latest round of layoffs, which impacted 10% of its corporate staff. And finally, we're going to talk about fashion's presence on the red carpet of Sunday's 81st annual Golden Globes, which was fun, the good, the bad, the ugly. We won't go into the ugly, but um, uh, let's get into it. Let's talk about New York Fashion Week schedule. Obviously, you're based in London, but you're watching what's happening. What did you think? There were some changes, kind of spoke to brands changing strategies. What were the big uh, standouts to you? Yeah, for me, I mean, the the biggest surprise is the Ludovic de Saint-Sernan, who's showing outside of Paris for the first time. Um, I think he said that it was a, his biggest audience is in the US and that's why he's showing in um, New York, which I think is an interesting kind of homage to um, his customers, which brands don't typically do, I think, um, especially if they're on the smaller side. So it's quite interesting to see him do that in, in New York. That'll be such a hot ticket. Formerly a uh, creative director of Anda Mulemeester, um, which I'm such a fan. I used to be edgy, I always say, <laughs> but like <laughs> major, major. And also uh, where he'll have a challenge. I mean, I remember at one point, I'm a fan of the St. Louis Rams. I think they were the LA Rams at the time. Anyway, his show's overlapping with the Super Bowl, I think <laughs> even maybe halftime, um, which you know, do fashion people care? I care a little bit actually, <laughs> but <laughs> I would choose the fashion show. Um, I agree with you. Definitely something of note. Um, there were some changes that, you know, didn't get a lot of buzz, um, but some that showed last season that are not showing include Ralph Lauren. Um, I always go to Dion Lee, which I love. It's sexy. It's um, kind of sport meets sexy. So fun. A lot of corsets and bondage wear. <laughs> um, but he's not showing of uh, Dion Lee. Uh, Studio 189. Peter Doe is showing for Helmut Lang, but not his um, his namesake collection. I think maybe Paris or he does that internationally um, these days. Um, but yeah, what else? Pat Bow and um, Adium are not showing on the runway this season like they usually do. Uh, and huh, what else? Any other yeah. any other noteworthy notes? <laughs> um, I mean the the Pat Bow show that was um, I think it was the opening in LA relatively recently. I'm wondering if that's kind of a move to drive their kind of shows a little bit further out from New York as well, because I know that there's been some moves um, to do like an LA Fashion Week, which haven't been super successful. I'm wondering if um, Miami might be a possible thing um, next time. Um, and then obviously with there's other designers returning as well. Um, so months by Oscar de la Renta designers, Laura Kim and Fernando Garcia. Um, and obviously they're brilliant so really interested in seeing that del pozo um which is always a good one as well i've i've enjoyed seeing those shows um and christian cohen who i think last showed in paris 
Definitely. You're so right. Those are all going to be great ones. And Lafayette 148 typically does, I think, appointments at their showroom um, in the Brooklyn Navy Yard. And that'll be good. They're they're on the calendar, um, which I'm a fan. And Libertine, like we talked to the designer uh, a couple of seasons back, definitely was very uh, forthcoming about the challenges in that he was experiencing um, with wholesale partners and orders and basically um, inventory and price management and things were a little bit wackadoodle. So great to hear that things seem solid enough to invest in a fashion show. Uh, those those who did digital shows last season who are showing uh, either on a runway or a live presentation include Interior, which I went, I visited their showroom, very 80s emerging brand, um, quality, fun knitwear. Um, also, An Only Child by Public Schools Maxwell Osborne, which has shown in the past, and I have been to that show, uh, which is very wearable, as you would expect. Um, trying to think what else. Those are kind of the highlights for me, but I will be making the rounds. I'm glad that it's we're at six days. We're inching back to a full week. <laughs> uh, it seems full. You have all of the um, usual players, Proenza, Altazara, Tori Birch, Michael Kors, Carolina Herrera, and all those like CFDA darlings. So Women's Wear uh, Designer of the Year, Kate, Men's Wear Designer of the Year, uh, Willie Chavaria. Uh, yeah. And there's a new initiative that was getting some buzz. Um, I know the CFDA dropped the news. Uh, they own the calendar as of, I think, 2014. But uh, they're bringing in 30 reporters, for, like international reporters. There's something new called uh, the New York Fashion Week Travel Fund. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, industry buzz about New York Fashion Week and its I don't know, level of cachet or notoriety. Uh, <laughs> I listen to other podcasts in our world, I would say competitors, and they almost act as though they're slumming it when they're like, I'm even going to New York Fashion Week this year. This year. And I'm like, well, <laughs> look at you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. coming to our level. Um, but I always, you know, there's also been talk where you you get really excited about the New York Fashion Week shows, and then maybe you do like go to Paris, and some of the shows are at a much they're run by the big houses conglomerates. Um, yeah. Obviously, they're putting more investment into these shows, and so there's kind of a, a sharp contrast. Um, and you realize, oh, this was good, but whoa, this was something. <laughs> um, but you're going to be making the rounds in London, yeah. Yeah, I will be. And it's interesting around that that travel fund, because I think that Copenhagen do something similar where they invite editors and um, I think also some um, influencers as well to kind of shine a light on um, certain designers, but also the experience. So I'm wondering if they're going to roll out the kind of influencer red carpet to say in New York to accommodate for those editors kind of coming in and seeing their coverage as well. Um, so really interested in that. And then, yes, I will be covering London, possibly a bit of um, Paris as well. And then Milan, mostly remotely with the team. So very, very exciting times for February. Um, it's going to be a really exciting fashion week season and hopefully one which isn't plagued by as many problems as last the last season's. Oh my gosh, you're not kidding. And fall fashion, that's what we're going to be seeing always uh, 
more interesting in my eyes than than spring. Um, but right now, men's fashion weeks are going on. Milan's fashion week starts Friday. Uh, we've been following the shows in Florence, Petit Womo, um, with oh my god! I mean, the street style. I, I'm like, I'm gathering images. Be ready. I'm making um, an Instagram stories. But like, it's so inspiring to me. The menswear more so than women's wear. We, I've spotted like G and De Leon, like um, friend of Glossy and and several people like the the Italian tailoring and the combinations that these men are putting together. They look so, so sharp. But um, any standouts this week? Yeah, I mean, uh, Stephen Stokey Daly, who's um, a kind of London sweetheart um, and the founder of um, creative director of SS Daly. I think he previously wanted to be an actor. So it's interesting how much success he's had in fashion. Um, oh, but wow. he's showing, um, I think he's the the main designer for um, P.T. Uomo this time around. Um, and I think that that's been such a a big kind of um, collection and there'll be also a Salvatore Ferragamo archival exhibition, a Todd Schneider comeback and a, an immersive exhibition. Always love those from guests um, who I honestly haven't heard that much of. I wonder how they're doing in the recent years. I feel like they've fallen a little bit. So I'm wondering if this is a bit of a um, an attempt to grab some of the limelight from some of the other bigger brands who have done these kind of really big immersive exhibitions um, like Louis Vuitton. Um, I think Alexander McQueen has a whole museum in London. So there's, um, yeah, a lot of things that are happening there in that kind of getting into the brand world um, aspect. And Pitti Womo is always a good time for that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if guest gains any traction after this. Like you said, it's been kind of <laughs> dead in the water. I also haven't heard much about it. Um, but every brand is making a comeback. They obviously had their iconic time with their sexy. I don't know. It was Anna Nicole Smith. I don't know who who was a guest girl back in the day. But um, anyway, we shall see. In Todd Snyder's show, I'm such a Todd Snyder fan. Um, so he had the designer showcase and uh, it was great. I, I downloaded some images, um, but we'll be we'll likely be covering that more. But let's move on to Rent the Runway, which we've covered their highs and lows throughout the years. They've been around since 2009. And the latest news is that uh, they're laying off 10% of their corporate staff. It will affect 37 people, and it's supposed to save the company between 11 and $13 million annually. The president and chief operating officer left, uh, who has spoken with Glossy often, Anushka Salinas, and Jennifer Hyman, the founder and CEO, is taking on all of her roles. Um, but yeah, the, the resounding message, what they're putting out there is that uh, this is not about cost cutting. They're shifting their resources to marketing, inventory expansion, customer experience improvements, and um, maybe they over-index on some of these hires. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt, but they're definitely working toward profitability and um, doing that by doing that this year. Uh, what's your take on this? Like rent... Rental still has legs and um, you think, I don't know, they're going to pull through. What's your take on them? Yeah, I mean, I hope so. I know that inventory has been a kind of growing issue for um, rental and kind of rental programs as well. Um, and that's both, I think, in the US and in the UK and Europe. Like that's something that's been affecting them um, for a long time where 
both kind of tracking inventory and getting inventory in, especially as brands are kind of setting up um, their own like resale channels, it can be somewhat of a difficult thing just to get more stock in and especially like new stock, new interesting stock that customers um, really want. So I'm wondering if if that is also a reason. Um, the other thing could be AI. Um, there's a lot of things around kind of customer experience that has been happening. And obviously they did mention customer experience improvements um, in the announcements. I'm wondering if that is something that they're shifting to include um, AI into, which again, I've, I'm covering CES this week in my fashion briefing, and that is apparently still very much the hot topic. If last year was the big hype news, now it's kind of the year of implementation. Um, so I think there's a lot of stuff happening in that area. Um, and there's been some kind of major layoffs. Uh, Google actually announced a lot of layoffs today, prompted, no doubt, by by the kind of run to AI and also the kind of over-indexing and over-hiring that was happening post-pandemic. Man, I mean, let's just say we're no shortage of news, like two acquisitions <laughs> this morning, all these layoffs, start of the year, here we go. Um, but yeah, interesting on AI, especially inventory planning, like, regular brands have enough problems with this. Um, and who can predict what, but you know, I'm a, I'm an on and off member of Rent the Runway and, um, often it's hard because there's so much I want. It's they, I think, I feel like they have great buyers, but it's, it's often picked over. And so what I want, I'm just like, it's, it even hurts more. I wish, I wish I hadn't even seen it in the first place <laughs> because I'm like, <laughs> these girls are taking my size, my clothes. I can't get what I want. Um, but yeah, they also have com emerging competitors. I know in the UK, is it pronounced her? Um, yeah, yes, um, they're, yes, they're doing, um, well, I think uh, you tell me otherwise, but there's also newly, um, under the urban out, urban umbrella, and uh, they posted. They've already reached profitability. They've only been around um, to, since 2019. So, like Rent the Runway had a 10 year head start. Obviously, they don't have the support of Urban, and Urban's been around the, a long time. Um, yeah. But they have more subscribers already than Rent the Runway, and it's a different. I'm, I was looking at the pricing because everybody is so price conscious these days. And I know that as a Rent the Runway member, I get um, five items for $94 a month. Um, whereas newly, a little bit mm, more affordable, you get six items for, I think, 98 But, you know, Rent the Runway has updated its model self a couple of times, uh, giving you more, giving you less, doing away with unlimited. Um, so like you said, it seems like they're they're navigating it. I think rental has legs. It's I've done it. It's definitely sustainable. I you're, it it weaned me from my Zara fixation. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I think with and, her like the um, the main kind of appeal has been like occasion wear, and I feel like that's really worked well for them. And from what I understand, they don't actually do that many kind of deals so while kind of rent the runway does like the five items um they kind of do very specific like you get this amount for this many days and you kind of just pay per day so it makes it a kind of a lot more I guess from their side more cost effective because you're actually just paying for that single item and since they are very high value items like there's things like um 16 Arlington which is a kind of very big and buzzy British brand um there was um who was it as well there's a lot of kind of big occasion wear brands that are kind of putting more of their products on there because they know that people are seeing, you know, sp 
especially Christmas season um, for all the parties, January, New Year. And then they do a massive amount of um, kind of rentals during wedding season as well. So all of those like specific occasions, I think maybe something that, you know, Rent the Runway could do more rather than kind of focusing more on like everyday things or everyday designer things. Because I think those things just aren't as popular for rental. Yeah, it's interesting. That's It's hard to say. They definitely start it with that model, like one mm. and done. And it definitely works with the, um, like like you said, Instagram. Like you want to get the Instagram, you're not going to wear it again. Um, so is it going to live in your closet? Why? Uh, Rent the Runway has also been pushing, uh, I guess, resale. I don't know if you call it that, worn clothes. And they're... Um, when you have a rental out there, they'll send you an offer because you can buy it already for a cheaper rate than uh, retail price. And then they'll say, you know, you can get 20% off our price now. And um, so resales, I'm sure, becoming a larger part of the business. Um, and they're also, you know, dabbling with things. It's nice to see, I hate this expression, but little surprise and delight elements like they're... Um, including beauty samples with their deliveries. So like you'll find a little super goop in your, in your delivery and you're like, hey, that's nice. That's cute. <laughs> so it's fun. It's a fun process. But yeah, it just needs more love because it's in the, I think, low 100,000s uh, of members and probably uh, need more to sustain the business. But let's move on to some fun stuff. Golden <laughs> Globes, did you watch? Yeah, I did. I mean, there was some very, very cool looks um, from some of the celebrities and also some of my favorite kind of stars from from shows I've been watching. Yes. Tell me what was your favorite look of the night and who who wore it? What was the designer? I think it, it has to be Hunter Schaefer. I, I saw that um, dress on the um, Prada runway, I think, was it a season ago, which is like all that kind of wispy, kind of looks like cellophane. But um, yeah, she was absolutely stunning um, in that kind of pink sheaf um, kind of gown with all of the little like trailing, I think it's chiffon. It must be chiffon, like something trailing off and the makeup was pristine. So it just all looked really, really good. I'm always a fan of hers. Even that naked look, I, I, was, I just mm. think she's amazing. Um, I was trying to think of trends. So I, for that one, I called it wind. <laughs> I was like, is there a wind machine? Was it windy? Because her look definitely um, was aided by that blowing sensation. I don't know. And then there was also a Selena Gomez in, or I think it was Armani Privé. And she was doing that like Marilyn Monroe pose. <laughs> mm, I think yeah. it was windy. It worked to their advantage. <laughs> it definitely did. Yeah, I wasn't quite as much of a fan of, I think, the like top part of that dress and then the bottom like cutaway was very weird. But yeah, I thought Yo. that Hunter Schaefer and to be honest, like all of her looks from from her stylist, um, Dara Allen has been really, really good. Like she's been going for some more kind of interesting and kind of more fashiony pieces and there's been some um yeah some looks that she's been doing on the hunger games kind of film circuit that have been really really beautiful oh my gosh amazing i wasn't thinking of stylists until but what i was thinking uh i think it was 
L. Fanning. Was it Dakota mm-hmm. Fanning? I get the Fannings mixed up. But um, wore a vintage <laughs> Pierre Balmain. And it was, um, but I, it made me think, I really loved it. I, I think that one of the trends was like a white, winter white, a lot of that look. Um, but it had a bow. It was it was very her. But um, I was thinking we, we saw fewer looks like from the archives. And that was such a trend for so long. But at the mm. same time, it was also that is a law roach thing. Like, I feel like that's one of his signatures and he has stepped away. So it's like, maybe the the stylists in swing don't care. <laughs> <laughs> they want the new and now. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that maybe now because there was some more interesting looks on the runway and I feel like some designers were doing some more um, kind of runway, uh, not runway, but um, red carpet ready looks. I think beforehand there was a lot of kind of everyday wear there was some occasion wear but I felt like it wasn't quite as kind of in full swing whereas last season I think that there was a lot there um and a lot of stylists have kind of taken up with that and gone really wild and I think that both the women's wear and the men's wear this for the golden globes was really really good um so that was yeah a very very fun kind of couple of looks and uh yeah for me like Taylor Swift was in Gucci was like another one like highlighting just how like glam red carpets can be in that green kind of sequin dress (laughs) they say it was um a hint at reputation and she was in green because like a snake (laughs) oh my god yeah I I can't believe how much people read into the whole like items although she does seem to plan things very meticulously with everything so I wouldn't be surprised if it's just all part of the tale of us yeah. Do you think that there's anything behind? There was some talk. I think I was listening to the the Vogue pod, podcast actually um, about who Gucci dresses, um, like dressed for this event. So Taylor, Ryan mm-hmm. Gosling, which I thought he looked so sharp. I liked his suit. I like when guys either do, I don't know, non-basic. I really liked the kind of jewelry moments, like the brooches. Mm. Anyway, side note, but Taylor, Ryan Gosling, Julia Garner, which was one of my favorite with the um, favorites with the silver... Um, borderline wardrobe malfunction it was very (laughs) scandalous up top it was Um, yeah (laughs) but they're well taylor and ryan in particular more mainstream kind of versus the very edgy um folks that gucci has maybe dressed in the past i don't know you think of like like florence welch and like i don't know kind of the the gucci gang and it wasn't typically taylor right no definitely not and i think it's it's also kind of like a big win for Gucci to secure Taylor and kind of her appearance. Um, I'm obviously the other two are very big stars in their own right as well, but I feel like you kind of almost have to tap into the pop culture moment happening around at the same time as the kind of awards and um, all of that is happening. So I think that getting Taylor Swift was almost like a coup de Kudagras for Gucci and it seemed to help boost their kind of new image. Although I think that their most recent campaign has kind of come under fire for being a little bit boring. But it's definitely a big step away from um, the kind of very retro academia, like a little bit boho look that they did with with stars like Florence Welch. Right on. Well, some other highlights. Scaparelli had some great um, looks, which I don't remember seeing mm. that often on the runway with Natasha Leone and Dua Lipa and a couple of others, um, which, I mean, definitely you're going to make a statement. And I didn't think that anybody made a wrong statement in that in, in that designer. Um, there was also, hmm, who else? 
I don't know, on the designer route, Willie Chavaria on Billie Eilish. Um, yeah, that <laughs> was really go, fun. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, you don't expect her to come in a traditional gown. That makes sense to me. I, I was like, I'm too old to understand this look, but I get it. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think I, there's been less androgyny on the carpets. And I think that some people just tend to kind of stick with it. I mean, Billie just doesn't particularly love anything that's like super body conforming etc and I think that she did like one or two red carpet moments in big gowns and I think she's a bit tired of it so I don't know maybe maybe we'll see her in um Yoji Yamamoto next oh that would be amazing on that on that front um Bella Ramsey in the menswear Prada um I mean I could have gone for a little dressier but uh Again, the androgyny, um, definitely get it, definitely trending. Um, but yeah, anything else to add on the Golden Globes red carpet? Yeah, I mean, I think that I, I would say honestly that Prada had a bit of a moment because apart from Hunter Schaefer, we also had um, Ayo Edebiri from The Bear who was also in that like beautiful kind of red with like a train. And I thought that was absolutely wonderful on her and um I feel like she's had some really grace um great kind of looks there and also grace um I, I can't remember what her surname is but grace also had a beautiful kind of gown as well um which again a lot of red and I, I think that might be just another kind of new year moment a, a bit of a pop of red to tap into that kind of gen z look <laughs> yes Totally. There was also Jeremy Allen White in uh, Calvin Klein. Obviously, Jennifer Lawrence, longtime Dior ambassador wearing uh, Dior, obviously. So a lot of non-surprises, but I thought Jennifer Lawrence looked amazing. So anyway, some fun stuff. Very, very few faux pas. I think like red carpets have kind of been faux pas free this, well, so far this year. Yes, there have been strikes. These stylists have had time to study, <laughs> sit, see what they're going to do, be thoughtful. Um, but Zofia, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to talk through the topics every, every podcast. It was fun. Don't forget to give us a rating or review wherever you get your podcasts and to hit that subscribe button. You'll hear all our glossy podcast episodes, including our weekly interview-focused episodes. Uh, this coming Wednesday, we'll feature Brian Murphy, who is one of the founders of Leffler Randall. He gets raw and real. <laughs> I, I would definitely recommend this episode. Catch us next week. It'll be either myself or Danny or Zofia will surprise you. But yeah. See you next week.